You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. A quick shout out to our sponsor before we get into today's episode. If you want to test a new design or product idea without spending a fortune on inventory, Printful has more than 250 high quality products that you can customize and add to your store, even if you have no design skills. So make a lasting impression and build your brand with Printful. No order minimums and an amazing support team to help you get started. We use Printful here at Privy and it seriously couldn't be easier. So today I'm here with Vino Jayapalan, co-founder of Cabo.co, which you actually started with your twin brother. I saw that this weekend. Love that. And Vino's a longtime listener of the podcast, which is great. We were doing a bunch of back and forth this weekend on LinkedIn. We figured, you know, what they're doing for Cabo actually makes sense for a fun episode. So here we are. And I was doing some research. So I think we'll have to hear from you. But Cabo is a high-end dog food subscription brand. And they're really doing some interesting stuff around personalization, first-party data capture, which is obviously near and dear to my heart. And they were in Dragon's Den, so I want to cover all of this. Welcome, Vino. What's up, man? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Long-time listener, first-time guest. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Cool. So, yeah, I mean, I might have butchered it. So, you know, why don't you give us the overview of what you're up to with Cabo? Yeah, for sure. As mentioned, we're in the world of dog food and selling it on the internet. But as glamorously put, our mission is quite simple. It's to deliver fresh, healthy diets for dogs and make the experience of feeding your dog and really the experience of enjoying that moment a lot better on a day-to-day basis. Amazing. And so, you know, just for the listeners, like, where are you in the journey? It sounds like you've been doing this for two years five-figure, six-figure, seven-figure, like where are you? Yeah, so we've been working on this startup for two years officially. Um, Prior to this, I was at Facebook for over five years, primarily working with a lot of e-commerce and D2C. So uh, as you can see, I finally had the chance to dive in firsthand experience. And um, so far, we've been able to scale over 800% year over year. And now we're at a pace of over 3 million in annual reoccurring revenue. So our marker of health is always this monthly reoccurring revenue to indicate that, you know, if this is a daily ritual of feeding your dog, are we doing a good enough job that you're coming back over and over? So I think it's fair to say we've passed our first checkpoint and now we're on that mission to scale it across to more Canadian dog owners. It's incredible, man. Congrats. Thank you. That's really a great story. I mean, that's, you know, the fact that it's all recurring too. I think there's probably a lot of people saying like, holy crap, you know, like none of mine is recurring and subscription is a big theme. Actually, I have a note to do an episode, Butcher Box, which is a really well-known subscription brand for high-end grass-fed meat, which was subscription only actually just launched an on-demand version. So curious about that. But yeah, I think like from someone being in software, MRR or recurring revenue, that's like the holy grail certainly in D2C. So really well done. And actually, so I spent some time on the site this weekend and it's pretty unique. You did a great job with the story element and the visuals and the product photography, but it's not like you go and the first thing you do is you add a subscription or you go buy something. You're actually kind of funneling all of your traffic through this kind of like multi-step form or quiz as you call it, right? So tell us about that. Yeah, exactly. So I think the experience really starts with how we look at buying pet food right now. So if you go into a retail store, 
you have hundreds of brands, you know, there's one with a dog running through a forest and a wolf running through a farm field, and you're not sure what's the best for you. But, you know, similarly, you know, whether it's that experience or going on Google and searching best dog food for chihuahuas, best dog food for chow chows, like we've all done it before. And I've done that before with my first dog. And what we realized was that, especially with consumers, they're moving towards this customized direction of, you know, less options present what's actually important to me. But it's become more difficult because as humans, we've become more protective of our privacy or not willing to give information. But it's actually the opposite when we look at pets, right? You know, what's really interesting about the segment is as a pet parent myself, we naturally show our offline identity online very easily. So whether it's discovery platforms like Facebook and TikTok, you know, we're constantly posting videos and photos. It's not like there's a PM at TikTok saying, how do we get dog owners to post photos of dogs on our platform? It's innate in our behavior. And, and one of the things that we noticed was this innate instinct to share more about their dog. They want brands and retailers to actually know about the actual end consumer. And that's the disconnect. If you go on Amazon, Chewy, or retail, the end brand doesn't know about the end consumer, i.e. your dog. They know about you, your credit card information, maybe your zip code, but they're missing that end consumer, which creates a huge disconnect for the brand on how to improve R&D or acquisition, et cetera, as a business. So for us, we said the starting point shouldn't be go on to a site, try and navigate what brand or what products fit best for you. And instead, let's see what type of information we can collect. Use that to first address one of the biggest issues, which is overfeeding. So one, by consumers actually putting in this information and seeming like it's a fun quiz, it's actually an algorithm to help us calculate the resting energy rate of a dog and present them the right number of calories they need so that when they receive that box, it's actually the right amount so that the owner doesn't overfeed and cause obesity, which is the number one issue in pets. But on the back end, what we really wanted to see in the beginning was from all this information we collect, how can we use that to improve our operations and create a stickier experience? And that's really what that importance is around that little quiz funnel we do. And what we've noticed is it's not only helped us with marketing and helping with abandoned carts to say, can you communicate a less generic message to say, hey, did you know that maybe presenting them a review from another Chihuahua dog owner might convert them better than just a generic dog review? Wow. The other side of it that gets interesting is the R&D fund that we have. And what we're able to do is take our CRM of customers, look at them and say, can we figure out what we need to develop for our next product or can we do R&D testing here? And last July, we actually had our scientists formulate an ice cream for dogs, wow. which isn't required. I'll tell you that dogs don't need ice creams to survive, but she formulates this ice cream. We're able to get into production fairly fast, but we take that list of people who've entered in their information as subscribers and say, which one of these dogs are overweight? Because we don't want to be suggesting ice cream to overweight dogs. And that filters our list there. And now what we've come to is this ability to provide this custom recommendation and present it in a way that will really increase the experience of that consumer and provide something that's fairly unique at Cabo that you can't get elsewhere. Well, that was kind of what stood out to me, right? So I go through this quiz and, you know, my parents, everyone around me has a dog. So I'm just kind of pretending I'm popping in the dog name, the gender, the weight, the breed, the activity levels, age, like it went deep. And I could just totally imagine my pet owning brothers and parents like filling out all of this gladly, you know? And in my head, I was wondering, oh, like, I wonder how they're actually using this. And so over the weekend, I got, you know, a handful of personalized emails card abandonment, like you said, but I was definitely wondering like, oh, are they starting to use this in like 
product launches or maybe creative in some of the ads that they're using, targeting picture of golden, right? Like so much possibility when you're actually collecting that much data about your customers. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's one of the most valuable things is that, you know, if when we're doing this infrastructure overhaul and looking at how we do retargeting, it's really about segmenting that audience and say, you know, out of the, let's say, golden retrievers, do we have a higher conversion rate when we're showing them an ad with a golden retriever? Or on the other hand, when it comes to that email communication piece, one of the interesting aspects about pets is that they have a simpler genotype than humans. So, you know, with humans, I'm of Sri Lankan background, but you can't, you know, predict and say Sri Lankans at the age of 54 are going to get like knee problems. Whereas with pets, they're essentially inbred so that we can have golden retrievers or chihuahuas and have these certain physical characteristics. But what's interesting hmm. is there's a lot of research that shows what's their degenerative health issue. So we can predict that, you know, the age of eight or nine, a golden retriever will most likely get arthritis. Chow chows will get stomach cancer at eight or nine. But when you're getting this pet, you're not getting a puppy thinking, okay, let me plan for arthritis eight years from now, right? So what's really interesting is from having this information, our job as a consumer brand is just to build trust. So now imagine someone who's abandoned, who has a chow chow that we know is age three. What information can we present at that time to help prepare them for stomach cancer or for some of the issues that they might have to face when it comes to shedding? Because I'll tell you, when I had a chow chow, it's a lot of shedding to deal with. But you don't have a calendar invite saying, oh, it's August, my dog's going to start shedding. You have these very reactive nature towards caring for your pet. And we have this great intersection between the data that exists around your pet and the information you're giving us. And the real question is, is how do we start to look at these channels from email to Facebook ads and other forms of communication and build that trust outside of just our core offering? I think it's brilliant. You know, I mean, like this next crop of consumers is trying to buy and eat healthier for themselves. They care about environmental issues and ingredients, right? Like there's all of that stuff is what we're seeing in human behavior. But even so, there's choice everywhere, right? So you're removing complexity. You're targeting that same consumer who is a dog owner and saying, hey, we're going to help you understand just what to buy when based on your dog, because we know you care about ingredients and organic and all that stuff and health. So I think it's really smart and seems like you guys have nailed it. So are you just doing the normal stuff around top of funnel? Like, are you doing Facebook ads and Instagram and all that? Yeah. So I think coming from a background of working at Facebook, it's natural that paid acquisitions in our wheelhouse. <laughs> But I won't lie to you, we fear it like the devil. I think we've watched a lot of D2C companies rise and fall. Um, I was at Facebook back in 2012. So this was like right at the peak. And, you know, I was just a young junior hire at that time, but got to sit in the back of the room of Dollar Shave Club and all these big brands growing. And I think what we got to see was that influx of VC money and, you know, people trying to understand that paid acquisition isn't going to be the only source. So uh, we focus a lot on organic marketing and have about 40 to 50% of acquisition actually come through things like referrals or organic search. Because as I mentioned, dog parents are very, very identifiable on the internet, whether it's a discovery platform or if it's a search intent platform. So it gives us a real opportunity to start to say, okay, where can we solve some of these problems for them on the internet and start to build trust elsewhere so that uh, we have a really good media mix because as one thing I've definitely seen is that uh, over-reliance on pet acquisition is is never a, a, a strong end for, for the business, but there has to be that balance of understanding where it plays a role. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first from a former Facebooker. 
on how he's focusing on organic and first party data capture. That's amazing. And also just like, I think some really good takeaways on how you're using personalization beyond just like including first name. So I do want to cover Dragon's Den for a sec, just before we wrap. So Dragon's Den is a little bit like Shark Tank, right? It's the Canadian Shark Tank. Okay. So it's the Canadian Shark Tank. And I know it's a huge deal there too. So tell us about that. Did you win, by the way? Did you win a deal? Yeah, we actually got a deal. We got offers from all the dragons, but uh, actually on the show, they edited it and it only shows two of the dragons offering a deal. And it's primarily because we we were we were um, swaying between Arlene Dickinson and and Michelle Romano. So for those who don't know, Michelle is the founder of ClearBank, and Arlene is the lead at District Ventures, a, a large VC firm here in Canada, focused on anything from uh, food and beverage to to restaurant and other consumer categories. So we saw that there was going to be a greatest fit for those two. But really, that experience is quite interesting. I think being in the consumer product world, you know, channels like Shark Tank and Dragons Den allow you to reach you know millions of viewers it was really a great opportunity for us we applied actually back in january 2020 got an audition and they were supposed to shoot in april 2020 <laughs> obviously covid hits so that doesn't happen we think the show gets canceled or what have you and somehow the film industry learns how to rejig things we ended up shooting that episode in i believe august or july of 2020 and you go in, it's, it's quite nerve wracking. And obviously there's all, all these new COVID rules as well on top of it to add more anxiety to it. But uh, you, you really go in there and you have 40 minutes to an hour to speak to the top VCs in the country and really present your business. And, and luckily for my brother and I, we've been watching Dragon's Den since 2006. We you know, broke down every question that they could possibly ask, practiced a lot. A lot of practice, I have to say, is key to, the, to be going on these shows. And I think when we actually went on, you know, the main thing we said to each other was like, let's have fun. Let's just get to know them. Let's just be ourselves because that's what's really going to resonate. Because outside of, you know, looking at this as a deal opportunity, the bigger opportunity is to really share your brand with millions of people across the country. Yeah. So that's what I'm always curious about. We've had a lot of customers that come to us like, you know, the day before they're going to air being like, oh, is the traffic going to be okay and all that. And of course it is. But like, what did it actually do once it aired for the, the business? Did you get a ton of customers? Yeah, so we definitely saw an 8x surge in like traffic overnight. So I would say the D-Day preparation was all about like, let's make sure the site doesn't crash as much as possible and we can manage the orders. And we were also pushing out an update to the site the week of. So you can imagine that there's a, a lot of uh, heightened stress around that. And then the other end of it was just supply chain, right? Being a physical product good meant that we had to prepare a lot of inventory and ensure that we can fulfill these orders. So that alone was uh, another daunting task. And I, I think uh, when it comes to the preparation of it, it's really just an all hands on deck. You know, we had everyone from our, our scientists to our customer support team answering questions because when you have that many eyeballs, you tend to see that 8x lift the night it airs and it kind of leads out for a 24 to 48 hour period. And then what ends up happening is obviously you have this like surge in sales. So we had a 3x month over month growth in sales. And, you know, I constantly advocate for the program. They're doing auditions now. I tell everyone, you know, go and apply. This is a great opportunity to speak about your business, find great partners to work with and potentially bring your business to the next level. So, it, you know, outside of the traffic and growth for us, I I can say that from talking to other past contestants, it's fairly consistent. Amazing. Well, I was watching, you know, at least a couple of the clips that I found online and it was fun to see you and your brother. You guys look like you nailed it. So 
Amazing. Congrats. I mean, I think it's just such a great story. And, you know, you don't see this kind of level of attention put on data collection and data usage. And I think, you know, with everything happening around Facebook in terms of the cost of acquisition and certainly some of the privacy changes with iOS happening, you know, I think it's just such a good story. Yeah, I I agree. I think we've always been very focused on building a community and, you know, really have just been focused on retention for the most part. And it hasn't been until recently that we kind of cranked it on uh, bringing in new users because we're very comfortable with the experience we can provide them. It's not like we're out there, you know, convincing people to buy dog food based on data, but it's really the, the engine in the back that keeps people coming back for more. Awesome. Well, Vino, this is great. We're going to link out in the show notes, so check out cabo.ca. Thanks for joining us today. This was awesome. Thanks, Ben. It was great being on the show.